As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Today, my featured guest is Bear Wozniak, and Bear has done many great achievements in his lifetime. I'm going to list just a few of them, but I know he's not here to brag or boast and what he's done in his own strength, but to boast in God's strength and how God came in and took over his life and what he did to make that happen, to flip that switch. So Bear is the host of motorcycle-based reality uh, show, Long Ride Home with Bear Wozniak, distributed worldwide on EWTN Radio and Armed Forces Network uh, to more than 200 million homes and Amazon Prime. He's the host of EWTN's The Bear Wozniak Adventure radio show, heard by millions each week on over 500 radio station stations in nearly all 50 states, as well as Sirius FM and video version on most podcast apps. He's the host of the 15-minute Ocean Sunrise Catechism, seen weekdays on Facebook Live. He's the author of the books Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, an Amazon bestseller, and... Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. Now, Bear leads pilgrimages to Europe, to Greece and Israel. We were just speaking about that. My mother's from Greece. I'm half Greek. It's fantastic, you know. Uh, Bear speaks globally with an emphasis on men's conferences. He's a Benedictine oblate at the Mary Spouse of the Holy Spirit Monastery on North Shore of Oaxaca. Oahu. I hope I said that right. Oahu. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Married to Cindy Wozniak. uh, Bear lives in Waikiki and has four adult children. Uh, I didn't know this. He is a CPA with a master's degree in tax, but you would never guess it because he's also a world champ surfer. He's a world champion surfer, BC Nation. And he's pursuing his Master's of Theology from Franciscan University at Steubenville. Bear Wozniak, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on Apple Podcast for Protestants and Catholics. Go ahead and take a minute and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Oh, that would be like, you know, books and books full. <laughs> it's good to be a Broken Catholic. It's good to be uh, aloha to everyone, especially our Protestant brothers and sisters that are listening. And I, I uh, have a great love for our Protestant brothers and sisters. I went to Baylor University, the university, the Notre Dame on the Brazos for Baptists. And I also spent a lot of time uh, in the non-denominational world before returning to the Catholic faith. And so I, and actually, you know what, I was actually miraculously healed at a vineyard um, uh, leadership retreat. And uh, the interesting thing about that is I had a severe back issue. And for 13 years, just struggled with so much pain and uh, God healed my back. And that is why I'm the world champion tandem surfer. That's where you lift a woman when you surf and you do mm-hmm. really extreme lifts. So that kind of fills in just that one gap. I, my wife and I tandem surf together around the world. And, uh, but glory to God, you know, when you're weak, then that's when you're strong. And God took that point of weakness of my back, miraculously healed me. And uh, a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters know who Keith Green is and who Melody Green is. Well, Melody was out here visiting me after um, I won my world title. And I said, Melody, it's kind of a, 
I'm not sure what to do with this because I'm concerned about vain glory. You know, I won, but now, and she said, no, that will be the box, God, the platform God gives you for your ministry to, to grow. And at that time I didn't have one. So I wrote a book, A Surfer's Guide to the Soul, and that gets, you know how that goes. You write a book, then the radio and the TV. So the Lord really did use that moment when I, I, a constant excruciating pain with my back. The doctors couldn't figure out what it was for many, many, many years. And then in that moment when he miraculously healed me, um, you know, I can honestly say, like you said, the emptying prayer before we started the show, uh, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And and the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so to be a world champion, it's like the foolishness of, uh, of the Lord that confounds the wise. Because here's a guy with a totally messed up back. And I'm surfing, lifting women in extreme lifts on extreme waves. And, uh, and you know, standing on the podium a couple of times to win the world title. Let me ask you this. When you're in that vineyard, what happened? Like, did you say a prayer for God to heal your back? Did someone just pray over you for a non-specific intention and all of a sudden you felt an instant healing in your body? Like what actually happened? That's such a great this yeah. is a wrestle for a lot of Christians. I don't is really to talk believe about it, that actually. God still heals and like really? physical healings. Absolutely. Well, God loves the material world and he loves the human body. I mean, he actually he did become human, you know, while we're remaining all divine, he became all, all human. He loves the human body. I know that when I surf, Mary really digs on it. You know, she 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 finds beauty in it. And Jesus loves to see athletes expressing the beauty of their of the of the human body and all the different ways that we can perform. And uh, but I I had a real severe back issue. Uh, it humbled me for about thirteen or fourteen years. Uh, and I uh, I had been uh, in the Catholic Church, the Charismatic Renewal, experienced wonderful things there. But I I never got grounded in my faith. And I was going to a Southern Baptist University, and I kind of fell into the sola fide, sola scriptura, into that whole modus operandi, and then into the non-denominational world. I've been prayed over many times in the Catholic Church, and and friends prayed for me all the time. I mean, I'd be laid up in bed for sometimes days and weeks at a time. Uh, and then I was at a vineyard uh, leadership re retreat. There was John Wimber, who was a, a, definitely a cowboy, um, used to be the keyboard player for the Righteous Brothers back in the day. And he was he was leading a Science and Wonders uh, retreat. And the way he did that is he would he would teach from the scriptures, and then he would have a lab, just like a professor would. Hmm. And during that lab, we, they would pray. And during that during that time, I was actually outside outside laying on the under a tree to kind of take some of the pressure off my back and i came back in and someone said there's a, there's someone here that you know word of knowledge that god is healing of a back and i thought well that's everybody's got a back problem you know <laughs> and uh but i just said lord if that's me please heal me and i felt at that moment a tremendous uh infusion into my body of god's presence there's no other way to describe it, just the holy spirit infusion into my body and i knew at that moment that i was healed and uh, I'm trying to remember the sequence of this. So then I, so I walked up and what I loved about this is this wasn't emotionalism. Mm -hmm. When I, when I walked forward, they said, okay, well, why don't we go to this private room and people will continue to pray for you. I wasn't a circus act. Like you see at some of these mm -hmm. who I don't want to even mention. And someone came in and they said, did you hurt your back in a fight? And I said, well, no, but I, they said, well, I saw you kicking someone. I had a sense that you were kicking someone. I said, well, um, I did the second time I really ruined my back. I was, I'm, you know, a martial artist and I, tr I, I just throw on a kick and just, that was the end of that. And someone else came in and said, I saw you digging something. And I had the first time I really, really, really injured it and dropped to my knees as I was digging, I was digging mud cement in a basement of a building at Baylor. The couple of months after I graduated, before I started my job, I was working on campus there. So yeah, it was pretty devastating. But they had the, that word of knowledge for me. And I knew I was healed. There was no doubt, but I didn't feel any relief of pain. Hmm. But, but I know what happened was that I was healed of the symptom of the problem, but there was still inflammation and issues like that. Um, about 10 days later, I was walking in a grocery store in Thousand Oaks, California, Newbury Park, California, where I raised my family. And I was in Albertson supermarket. I don't even know if that exists anymore. And suddenly I realized I don't have any pain. And, and there isn't probably more than about, maybe there might be 60 seconds go by, but probably not more than that, where I don't realize my back is healed. Is that dramatic of a healing? And, uh, 
And so, uh, yeah, since that moment, and it's just so interesting to me how I, as a surfer, I would go out and surf because I was in California, the ice cold water would give me relief. Mm-hmm. But then the strain of surfing, especially the prone paddling and arching your back up to paddle, I would pay the price a few hours later. So, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. My wife and I, believe it or not, I'm 69 now. My wife and I went out yesterday and we stand up paddle surf for an hour and then we did beach lifts and, and um, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a miracle. But I, I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know why God would, would stop wanting to bless his people. And, you know, and the signs, they're called signs and wonders for a reason. They're to point, you know, they're to point to God. It's like when I was a, well, you know, typical dad joke, I'm pointing, I'd say, I'd look, I'd point, point out of the car, look at that. And all the kids would look out of the car and they go, what? And I'd be pointing and I'd say, look at my finger, you know, and people get so mixed up. They'll say, you know, uh, they'll see something like the beauty of Hawaii. And they, all they do is focus on the beauty of Hawaii. They don't see it. It's a finger pointing towards God. Mm. And I, I see so many atheists now that it's a sad thing, you know, Joseph, because they come and they, they, the beauty of Hawaii, but they don't know who to thank. They know in their heart they should be thankful. So they thank the universe or they thank the ocean. They, there's something in man that knows they need to be thankful. And, and that's God. Don't be looking at the finger. Look at where the finger's pointing to. And that's the miracle in my life. I love that. Thank you for that witness. I want to ask you something specifically about post-healing. You said you didn't feel uh, the pain leave your body until days or weeks later when you're walking Mm. through a grocery store. Yet you knew in your heart you had been healed. Yeah. But the evidence wasn't there yet. The physical evidence wasn't there yet. And so many times, I think, I've experienced personally and in the lives of my clients that I get to work with, a lot of men, very high achieving men, is that the head trash, the rocks in our head, rocks just means head trash, um, lies to us. And sometimes the enemy will enter in his own lies that you didn't get healed, Bear. There was just some feel-good thing that happened. You thought you were healed, but look, there's no evidence. You're still in pain. And then we actually go back and we digest the lies again and Mm -hmm. block the healing that actually happened by God. Can you speak a little bit about that? If that was so for you, if you even realized any of that in that moment and how you chose to, without physical evidence of the healing, you chose to believe anyway and then receive the permanent healing. You know, it goes back to whether God healed me or not, I don't care. I'll serve him, first mm. of all. Uh, like the, the young men in the fiery furnace, whether God saves us or not, he's able to. Whether he saves us or not, that's up to him. He's God, and I'm not. And I can't paint him into a corner with a bunch of scripture verses, positive mental attitude, uh, and um, faith in faith as opposed to just faith in him. Faith really means faithfulness, means just resting in your beloved. And so um, that's part of it. And, and faith to me isn't white knuckle. It's not that, you know, I'm going to hang on to this. And I'm going to believe this. And I'm just, it's going to, no, uh, it's, it's trusting in your beloved mm. and knowing I felt this healing. I, I didn't have to try hard to believe in it. I just waited on it. You know, there's a word, uh, the word wait uh, in the, in the original language means to weave a net. It's like, or mend a net, what fishermen do to get ready. And all I did was just kind of wait there to receive it. But it was not a, an active thing on my part. It was just a simple trusting and resting. And the, th- the thing about it is the rocks in the head sort of thing. I get that. Um, the Bible, the catechism teaches us that to grow in virtue starts with the mind. It starts with the de- decisions. And and uh, I, I just recently, I was approached yesterday, so interesting, about a um, an album that I I I my songs and my music are band uh day spring that we recorded a long long time ago and this guy's doing a uh an anthology of all these christian albums and it was called captured captivity and the bible says we need to bring all of our thoughts into captivity and there's nothing worse than a lazy mind that you just let wander and wonder and it likes to kick over stones and dig around and and see, uh, you know, it keeps keeps going. The mind wants to get stuck on something. It's like when you're surfing through an uh, area where there's seaweed, that leash wants to grab onto the seaweed. Where there's seaweed, there's usually rocks. So then you get grabbed around that. But we need to be, we need to keep our minds um, 
focused, like Paul said, whatever is good, whatever is beautiful, whatever was just, whatever is excellent. I don't know all those words. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, you know, something my dad taught me was, um, you know, uh, when he when you plant a garden, you plant a seed and, and a whole stock will come up, you know, of many things. Uh, when you plant thoughts in your mind that are negative, you, it's going to bear fruit. Uh, if you plant thoughts in your mind that are good thoughts, that will bear fruit also. And so in our family, when I was in high school, um, you weren't allowed to say negative things. You had to say them, I have a challenge as, as opposed to saying I have a problem. Um, mm-hmm. And if, if there was issues, you, you could deal with those. But just saying, like, I, I hate it when I hear somebody say, um, oh, are you going to go work out today? Yeah, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Trying that doesn't get it done. So just real simple decisiveness. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And you have to just, you have to be a, a disciple in your mind. You have to discipline your mind. You have to ca- capture, bring all your thoughts into captivity. And then let the word, the logos, the Sophia, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus, dwell in your heart. The root word for meditation, scripture uh, a Christian isn't to empty your mind. It, the word is ruminate. It means to chew like a cow does, to chew and swallow and chew again and chew the cut. That's the meditation on God's word. And I think there's two places in the Bible where success is mentioned. I think it's to Joshua, and I think it might be in Psalm 1, and it says, if you meditate on God's word, success will attend all you do. So that's the clarif- that's the cleaning up of the mind. May you be washed in a form of word. May you be transformed. May you be metamorphosed. Uh, like a butterfly, a worm becoming a butterfly by words. So what you let your mind dwell on, where you go with your mind, how you train your mind is the beginning. That's the point where the battles won. Take us back in time where you didn't have that all figured out. You had your own rocks in your head. You had your own head trash. Maybe you had stepped away from God or separated yourself from him. You were out looking maybe in all the wrong places like some of us did, <clears throat> me. Um, take us back to that time in your life. What steps did you take that moved you um, from the darkness in your own life into God's light that blew out um, you know, the darkness in our mind, that renewed the mind, etc.? What were those actual steps you took for all the men listening right now um, mm-hmm. You know, that they just feel stuck in their own darkness. They they live 24-7 in the chaos, the mental chaos mm. in their head. What would you say to them? What did you do? I don't know how much of it was me doing it, but the, the Holy Spirit action plan. But I can recall a time when I was probably in my late 40s or something around there. And, uh, and I remember driving to the beach to go surfing, and there was a big fire. And all the hills, when on my way back, all the hills were blackened from it. And I had this sense that, you know, if there was a ruby glistening in that those hills that someone had lost a big ruby in there, we'd never find it. But when it gets all burnt down, it sparkles in the sunlight. I had that image in my mind. And it was almost like the Lord whispered to me, all that can be shaken is going to be shaken. And all that can be burnt is going to be burnt. And then I went through my hell. It started just about there. And it started out with just the breaking apart of my marriage, my first marriage, um, someone that I deeply loved, but um, it just it just became shattered, and uh, and I just remember the lowest moment of my life. I was I used to, I, I had I had I, the kids were with me. I took care of my four kids, and um, my ex had left to another state, and I just remember walking. I would walk at night. I would put the kids to bed. And of the Newberry Park. So I go to the trailhead. It was real close to my house. And I'd hike towards Boney Ridge for a couple hours a night. It was during the time when Hale Bop, the comet, was out, if people know that. And I would walk that trail at night just in absolute anguish, just like anguish. And mostly for my children, what they were going through. And then she came back and she said, I want my kids back. And she wanted to fight for custody. And I remember walking along that trail down with this little stream that sometimes flowed was and I just fell fell down and I just wept and there was like a, a little pile of mud when I was done and I just cried out to God and I really and, and that became a, a real time of of confusion 
like, God, what are you doing wrong? But knowing it really was all, all in me and looking at why did the marriage fall apart and looking at where I, where I was at fault and where things didn't go the way they needed to go and just, just confusion. And I went through a time of drifting. Um, I don't know how to say it any other than that. I really had been lonely through my whole marriage. I just wanted someone to love me, you know? And so I made a lot of mistakes in that type of, in that time being with people that weren't, weren't healthy for me. And, um, but then it was interesting because, uh, I came back to the faith, you know, my dad had become a Catholic deacon and my mother and father so wonderful. <laughs> and, uh, he got, my dad sent me the book, uh, who I love. I love Steve Ray's. I get to talk to him all the time now, crossing the Tiber and reading that book, uh, because I, I didn't leave the Lord. Even when I left the church, I didn't leave the Lord. I felt like maybe the church left me because I, I was ready to go deep. And no one pointed out to me the early church fathers or and the new catechism hadn't been written yet. And I didn't know Augustine from Aquinas, you know. And uh, but but I returned to the faith because of Stephen Ray's book and Scott Hahn's book on the Eucharist and uh, returning. Uh, it, it was like um, I shed an old skin. And. Uh, and came back to uh, came back to the church, back to the faith, and it was interesting because during this time when everything seemed to be falling apart and other things too, um, this this red ruby showed up in the middle of all those ashes, and it was my it was the it was my the beautiful faith in the I'm looking behind me is all my books you see, the early church fathers, the commentaries, and I'm looking across at uh, Jerome's commentary on scripture and a book on the primitive church, and I just go up the early church believed like this and and worshiped like this than I should too. But the only thing that when everything burned, what was left with this was this Ruby and I returned to the faith. And then I just, when I found, I think the first book I really wrote after read after that was Augustine's confessions. And I thought, I'm going to read all of his books. And I realized that's almost impossible. And then I found Aquinas. And then of course I found my GK and I found my CS Lewis and I found all these wonderful, wonderful authors. And I would go down to the beach here in Waikiki. Mac was when the iPad had first come out and I would sit and read at night and have my cigar. Cigars are very important for, if you want to go deep with the Lord, I have my own line of cigars, actually. I, I smoke cigars all the time. And <laughs> I, I say like some of my brothers like, dude, should you really be smoking cigars? I'm like, yes, we're burning incense to God. It's like, a great, this it's, is a holy act. It actually continue. is. I, without without that the cigars uh, having one or two cigars in the evening and reading my iPad at night, people would text me, "Hey, what you up to?" And I go, well, "I'm with a few friends." Or who? With Thomas Aquinas and Augustine. But cigars are very holy. You know, I, I got this thing I just sent out to my friends, and we're going to have cigars here. We have cigars here about once every two months. I just sent it out. There's a picture of a guy that says, "It's kind of like what what my what what my friends think I do," and you're. Or what I think my oh, friends yeah. think I do, and you're smoking a cigar like you're really smart and very yeah. successful, then what my wife thinks I do with the cigar, and it's just burning money, and then yeah. what the world people who hate smoke think I, I I do, and then you see the atomic bomb, and then what I think I am, and you see this really handsome guy smoking the cigar, and then what I really am, and it's a little kid peeking into a mailbox, like, like totally empty mailbox, <laughs> but cigars, uh, you know, G.K. Chesterton, uh, you think about him, you always can smell the smell of a, a cigar and a and a pint. And so, uh, so the cigar really brought me deep into my faith. That was, I did, I did, did all my reading in those days with the, with the cigar and, and it's a solitude maker. It kept, I would go down to the beach, find a place where no one else was, but no one else would approach me because I was there. Right. And so, yeah, nothing, nothing beats it. In fact, when I go out and I speak to men's conferences, I usually try to encourage them to have a cigar night the night before. And that's where all the real good stuff happens. It's, you know, maybe, 20 or 50 or 70 men instead of the, all the men. And we, it's just a great time. And I got to sit next to, to uh, Father Robert Spitzer at the Knapp Institute a few years ago because I sponsored their cigar nights with my cigars. And dude, you know, it's a mini vacation, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to sit and you're going to have a cigar with someone. You're going to have a real conversation. Now, Bear, the next time you're on stage, I challenge you when you give you a talk to walk up there with a lit cigar. Well, I'll just light my cigar right here. <laughs> He's actually grabbing a cigar right now, BC Nation. There yeah, you here's here's one of my Deep Adventure cigars. It's based on the Seven Virtues. You should have shown up on this show right now with a lit cigar. I mean, well, when I, we have I, our man, <laughs> <laughs> when we have our man cave meetups, 
our Zoom meetups for my man cave weed. That's what we do. But uh, isn't that a beautiful cigar? That's a beaut. It's a beaut. So you like the... you like bold. I see that. Well, no, I like them all. This just oh, happens okay. to be bold. The the theological virtues are are the Maduro. The milder nice. blends are the cardinal virtues. <laughs> and I'll be having one. I'll be having one with my son on the golf course uh, later today. I like it. All right, we're speaking with Bear Wozniak. Um, he is a world champion surfer, but he's a man of faith, and he's been on his own uh, series of waves in his in his mm-hmm. life, and he's crashed many times from those waves, but uh, always gets back up and loves the the ride, the adventure with God. Right, and now he's leading other men into a deep adventure with God and. Barrett, speak to us about what God's put on your heart with this school of masculinity, what you're actually helping men with. For any man that's listening right now and, again, feels stuck where he is or is even confused in his own masculinity because the world keeps yelling at us that it's toxic. But masculinity is such a nice, soft word, and I just like to be politically incorrect, as I know you love to be too. So I just call it, I just call it manliness. Hmm. You know, and so we have we have a website at deepadventure.com where I have the man cave community where you you get to be with other men just like you. You know, we 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 we're all misfits. We're like it's like the cave of Adullam. We call it the man cave. It's like the cave of Adullam where all of these men gathered to David. They were running from the law, they were owed money. Maybe and I would say that maybe they're running for their mother in law too, but mm-hmm. they gathered together and the Holy Spirit formed them, but they also formed each other. So I just say, look, we're all bozos on the same bus. Uh, every man has had a challenge with 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 similar things. Not every man, but many. Most of the men have had the same challenges you're facing, whether it's uh, lust or pornography or, or or a desire for power or or money or the bigger, better, whatever. Um, so you're going to be there with other men that are just like you, and then uh, we start to form each other. We have monthly Zoom meetups where we usually have a cigar and a bourbon or something. And uh, and then I have the Bear School of Manliness, which is uh, 36 months of curriculum. Uh, and it's really cool stuff. It's maybe an excerpt from my book, or we have, by the way, it's all cowboy themed. Because my next book is Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? 12 Rules of Manliness. We have Father Bryce Lundgren, who's a cowboy priest from Wyoming. And we have his homilies, or my friend, who's, by the way, a Protestant, Daniel Markham, Daniel W. Markham, who does his cowboy up. Uh, two-minute videos, which we also use on my radio show every week. It's really nice to have a Protestant brother there. And then I have my, one of my deep virtues. But we have video written and audio content and compass assessments where the men can challenge, like, in each area. Like, for one of, one of the areas is to be dangerous. You know, what does that mean as a man to be dangerous? And, uh, and then you can go through that. And we, we so each if someone joins in the 14th month of the 36 month cycle, that's where you join us is right there. Mm-hmm. But here's what it's really all about is men need to do this with their sons. If your son is 10, 11, 12, 13, confirmation age, that you can have a real vital conversation with them maybe once every two weeks or once every week, go through a little segment of that month's uh, rule of manliness, and you watch, uh, maybe it's going to be a, a long ride home show that's focused on that or maybe it's whatever it is you get them and you you can stop after three minutes and then all of a sudden they're talking because you know how when you talk to your son hey how's school is okay well what'd you do same old thing what'd you learn oh nothing you know but if you get them into this conversation about the bear school of manliness they want to have that depth of conversation with you and it will open up all kinds of conversations so there's a place for the man cave where only adult men are and then we all participate in the school of manliness but the father's can give their sons access to the school of manliness. The, the sons will have their own access code, which of course the father knows, but they can track their son's progress through the school. So I'm really excited about it. And then my new book that will be coming out by Sophia in the spring is called Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? 12 Rules of Manliness. There's 12 more at least. <laughs> it's really two books I think it's going to be, but yeah. Bear, thank you for what you're up to with men. You know, I get to uh, be called by God to serve um, seven and nine figure uh, elite businessmen, guys that have conquered the business world. Um, and they're wondering what's next. How do they use all those good resources for God's kingdom, right? And to give them clarity in their purpose. Um, mm. So I, I really get that that calling. And uh, I believe as we lead more men to God, we lead the world to God. Mm. And um, yes. you know, it's a powerful, powerful calling that that we have. 
I want to shift gears here as we're wrapping up our time together um, and ask you just a personal question. You've been through much. You've shared some of the darkness. You've shared some of the light uh, in your life. Um, where do you still resist God, if you're being totally transparent with us right now? I, I want to answer that, but I got to say something to you eagles out there. Sure. You know, the eagles tend to fly alone, but there's a time when they then when they need to come together. And uh, I just wanted my, my dad uh, had a ministry similar to yours, I would say. He had presidents of companies come to their, their home that they built as a retreat home in the Northwoods of Minnesota, and it was called Eagle's Rest. <laughs> and uh, and there's a story about the eagle, and I'm not sure, some say it's true, some say it's not true, but I believe it is the case that, well, the scripture says that he renews our youth like the eagle, mm -hmm. and that there comes a time in people's lives when they, when, in, in an eagle's life, when it gets old, and it's wet, feathers are, are weak, and, and even their their beak can become crusted over. Mm -hmm. And so they have great need of renewal. And what they'll do is they'll go to a place and become very vulnerable and shed those feathers. And at that time, they're very vulnerable. And a lot of men right now, I know, whether they're your, the eagles that you work with or others who don't see themselves as an eagle, they can hardly fly. In fact, they can't fly. Yeah. But just staying there, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. And what happens is that eagle has new wings then, pushes mm -hmm. off the old wings, That's the old right. feathers. And then it'll wait for a storm and it'll fly out to meet that storm. So that storm can lift him higher than ever he has gone before. And it breaks that crustacean off his beak. And then he's young again. So those of you who are, listen, I used to have a sailboat. My wife and I planning on more sailing adventures soon, but I used to always trail a, a, a line behind my boat. Um, it was, every 10 feet, there was knots in it in case I fell off because I normally sailed alone. At the very end, that last knot on that rope is called the bitter end. Because if you miss that knot, you, you know, that's it. A lot of men find themselves at the bitter end. And, you know, after a big wipeout, I mean, my son has surfed 85 foot waves and I've held that been held down for two or three waves, you know, maybe two, two or three minutes hold down and you're confused and you're tumbled and you don't know which way is up or which way is down. Really, you have no idea. Um, you'll see the light going light and dark as you're spinning, you know, and you pull your hands in and your arms in like in a fetal position so they don't get dis dislocated. But sometimes eventually you, you might hit bottom and that's really good because you when you hit bottom, you know where you are and you can push off. And so those men who are at, feel that at their bitter end or where you've hit bottom, that's, that's that moment you, when you finally get humbled enough that you don't want to hear any other voice but God's voice. And he's knocking on the door and say, let me in, you know, just open the door. I'll come in to you and sup with you and you with me. And then when you push off, I, I know my son Shane talks about a huge wipeout he had. This is another one of my sons. He was held down for two or three minutes. And, you know, it, if your extremities start to tingle and you know you're about to die as your blood is being drawn back towards your organs. And when he finally broke the surface, and by the way, it's more painful. The closer you get to the surface, the worse it feels. So you may not know that you're almost at the end of this challenge. But when he broke through, and the oxygen came in. He said the sun and the sky was never brighter or more beautiful. So for those who feel you are there, God is with you in the deepest, darkest hole that you have found yourself in. I have a friend of mine who started the Catholic Motorcycles uh, Ministry. Uh, he was in jail for killing a guy, and a priest was there. And he said, Father, I need, I need to, you're for to hear my confession. And he goes, well, what is it? And he goes, well, I don't even know if I can give you my confession. And so what, what are your sins, my son? Well, all of the Ten Commandments, I'm here for murder. And the priest said, well, my son, Moses was a murderer. David was a murderer. Paul was a murderer. God can forgive all of those and start a fair. So know whether you've painted yourself into a corner through sin or you're at the bitter end just because God's helping you strip you of all these things that cling to you, that's your moment to say yes to the Lord. And then the Lord will raise you up and he will renew your strength and he will give you a new vision because God says to you, I know what I have in store for you, plans for peace, not destruction, a future reserved for you full of hope. If you seek me, 
I will let you find me. And then he says, if you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me. And then this one more scripture verse comes to me, Joseph. It's from the book of Sirach, the book of wisdom. It's not in the Protestant Bible. And it says this, my son, if you aspire to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for an ordeal. For the chosen man is proven in the furnace of much humiliation, or in other words, it says uh, uh, much affliction. But fall into the hands of God and not into the hands of man. For what man has ever trusted in God and been left forsaken? For as great as his majesty is, so too is his mercy. So if you're in that dark time, don't be looking down. Look up. Look at God's majesty. For as great as his majesty is, so too is mercy. I just felt I had to say that, and I don't remember what your question was. (laughs) (laughs) You don't apologize after saying what you just said. My question was... um, well, I forgot now, actually. <laughs> it's contagious. That was beautiful. That was beautiful what you said. And, you know, I personally resonate with a lot of what you said because I've lived that, as I could tell you have. That's why there's your face is leaking, right? That's, that's how you know. Your, your, your heart knows. Um, yeah, amen. Let me, let me ask you this. Oh, I, the question was, if you were being 100% transparent with all of us right now, where do you oh, yeah. still resist God in your life? I will tell you, it's when I go to confession, by the way, we were doing confessions on the beach one day after a surf contest. And uh, we pretend, and we were filming around that area. We told the guy that went in, he was Mike. We told him when he went in, after he came out that we had heard all of his sins because he had been (laughs) Mike, which wasn't true. But so when I go to confession, my number one challenge is to trust God for my ministry. Hmm. I worry, will God provide for this ministry? Um, I don't seem to have enough hours in the day to fulfill the call. And I worry, in other words, I keep taking back as my burden, you know, what is God's burden. I remember my dad used to have a drawer in his desk and I used to love to look at his desk back in the day when people wrote letters. I opened up this one desk drawer one this time time. I saw these different different kinds of documents in their papers. And I go, hey, Dad, what is that? And he goes, oh, that's God's drawer. Hmm. That's, that's, that's stuff God's got to take care of because I don't know how to take care of that stuff. Love and that. so I, my biggest thing is I, is I doubt I doubt God's own God's provision and calling for what he's, for what I know he's called me to do and more than that to be. But believe it or not, it's that. It's that temptation just to, to doubt, to worry mm. uh, about, uh, I, I, have, I, I have my own work, I provide mm. for my family very well, but just to worry about the ministry, funding the ministry. And it's, it seems so strange, but people who are, who are like you and I, we understand that. It's a, it's a special burden. And I'm a, luckily, I'm a Paul. You know, I, I, I work and I have a ministry. Paul carried his own laptop, you know, making tents is making tents. You can carry around and the tools you need. You can stitching tents like you did. You can carry in a laptop bag. And that's what I do with my CPA firm. But, um, but yeah, that's it. I, 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 I keep thinking it's my problem and it's, and it's really God's ministry. And my job is to minister to him, not worry about anything else. And I really, I have to go to the Lord all the time about that. Thank you for sharing that with vulnerability. It takes something. I appreciate it. What do you do to uh, strengthen and deepen your faith now? It's it's the it's the it's the daily times of prayer, mm-hmm. um, and I've been really tested in the last few years, uh, physical challenges, and I'm an athlete, so it's it's the, it's having it's the word disciple has the word discipline in it, right? So it's um it's it's this part of you where you, 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 you spend that morning, I pray in the liturgy, the hour alone. And then I get my wife and I take a walk to the beach and we have a coffee and we do the liturgy part of it together. And it's, and it's reading like (laughs) really good, reading good books where you feel like you're having a conversation with the Lord. But then it's also, there's two things about faith. Faith first rests, right? Like John, the beloved against Jesus chest. I, one time I read the whole new Testament and the old Testament and then the new Testament again in a six-week period. And there's two things that really stood out to me, like two themes. One was, I have a land of rest for you. And the other one, my people don't listen. <laughs> so if, you, if, you, if you're like John and you're right up against his chest at the Last Supper, 
you can hear his whispers, you know, mm. or like Cindy, when she surfs with me, her back's against my chest and her, we're cheek to cheek before I lift her. She can sense what I'm doing. So first we need to learn to rest in the Lord, but then rest, faith rests, but it also leaps. So when you feel that nudge, do it. Talk, oh, I should go talk to that person or I should pray for that person or I should write this book or I should give to uh, broken Catholic ministries. Or when God gives you a nudge and you're not sure if it's the Holy Spirit or the pizza you had last night, just go with that nudge because my dad used to say it's a lot harder. Remember back in the day, I don't know if you remember, but when we had we didn't have power steering, it was really hard to turn the wheels if you didn't have power steering. Once you start moving, you can turn that wheel easily. It's the same with your walk with the Lord. You can't balance a motorcycle if you're standing still. I've had two bad accidents on motorcycles, and it was both when I was standing, I was still. <laughs> so if you're moving, then God can direct you. So when you rest in the Lord, get to know his voice. And then if you think, if you sense the Holy Spirit giving you a nudge, just do that. And it might be wrong. But what if you're right three out of 10 times, then you're a you're in the Hall of Fame in baseball, right? Mm -hmm. So just learn to to follow what you think is God's leading, and as you, and it's like a surfer. I'm I'm out there paddling, and I see a big set coming, and I, and I paddle over there, and I paddle with all my might to get into that into that wave, and I miss it. I think God, I thought this was my wave, but then I look out, and there's another wave coming that's coming right to me. It's positioned me for the, what God really wanted me to do, the wave He really wanted me to ride, and then I get the wave of the the wave of the day. So. Even when you are moving, even if you feel like you've missed it, just keep moving on that nudge. Keep moving on that nudge, and you'll find yourself, dude, my, my own personal creed is that the most radical quest you can have in life is to abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Because when you're pursuing God's will, Joseph, you know this, you get to see God do stuff. Because that's where stuff happens is when, you, when you're with them and you're seeing his will. What could be more exciting in life than that? And one other thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll stop, but men come up to me and say, well, you're a skydiver, you're a ninja black belt, you've run with the bulls, you've paddled your surfboard across the Molokai Channel, you've paddled your bicycle across the United States, all that kind of stuff. I'm pulled because I would really like to do adventures too, but see, I'm a father, I have three kids. Well, they forget that that's the greatest adventure of all is to be a dad. Mm -hmm. To have an immortal, a, 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 an eternal being, an immortal being that is going to live forever in heaven or in hell, that you've caught, that you've brought into existence, and that you're raising. Being a father, being a dad, is the greatest of all adventures. Follow the nudge if the Lord is telling you to take your kid out, teaching, coach his baseball team or something. That is powerful, and I think to piggyback. Fatherhood is the only adventure we get to participate and fully share in with our maker, who is a father. He's in the same adventure with us. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. pretty powerful. All right, Bear. <laughs> All I'm right, about to, we're about to move into the, my favorite part of the show. Welcome, uh -oh. to the con welcome to the confession round. Confession? The confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't okay. overthink it. It's hey, just Cindy, for fun. Don't, Cindy, don't listen to this one. She's going to ask me three quick questions. Okay. <laughs> All right. Or, or, uh, so okay. it's just for fun. It's like a game show. Don't overthink it. Here we go. And What's your favorite thing about God? Adventure. What's your least favorite thing about God? Waiting. <laughs> I believe we're all struggling with something or challenged by something at any given moment of our life, just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with the most right now, either professionally or personally? Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bear, what are you most afraid of? Big waves. Big waves. We've had the biggest summer of all here in Waikiki. 30-foot waves aren't necessarily that big, but I'm scared of big waves. All right. Is that metaphoric as well? Big waves in your life? Is well, other than that, I'm fearless. Okay, no, I'm just it. kidding. No, no, no I, I get it. I get it. it as a metaphor. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Going to physical rehab because I had, had ripped one muscle in my bicep and tore another one loose in my hip and so rehabbing. But I'm free. I can surf again at, out in the ocean again. I feel great. Going to compete next week. That is awesome. What secret fear do you have about people? That they don't know the love of Jesus. They, they, they don't know. They're walking in their own little, tiny little bubble. 
Yeah. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? I'm still learning that he loves me. It's still hard to comprehend. Yeah. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? It's always, for me, fitness I'm, as a martial artist and a surfer from the outside in. So my, 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 my goal this year, and I always do have a, a physical goal. My goal this year is 4,000 calorie burn a day. That means I'm working out. Done. <laughs> What's a bad habit you're going to break this year? My whole life, I've picked my nails since I can remember. And it's a bad habit. I probably am not going to break. I try, but probably not going to. I could say giving up chocolate chip cookies, but my wife makes me. I have two little two little chocolate chip cookies every day if I'm good. It'd be hard to do. And that's there, how you know it's Aquinas' six proof from reason of the existence of God is chocolate cookies. There you go. Pick three words to describe who you are now. I'm happy, joyful, uh, stoked for the future. Hmm. Love my wife. Love my wife. Yeah, manliness. Pick three words to describe who you were before you went through all that darkness with God and yeah. then came back out. I would say it's similar. I'm annoyingly happy, joyful, uh, devoted to sharing the gospel. Didn't save me from any of that. I remember reading uh, The Dark Night of the Soul when I was newly baptized in the spirit when I was 19. I think, oh, good, I got to skip that. But it's it's part of the journey towards abandoning ourselves from being mercenary love for God, where we're loving him just for what we can get from him and learn to love him just because of who he is. So mm. I was saying the same but different <laughs> before and after. Got it. And last question. Bear, if you could come back to life after you died and look your family and friends, your wife, your kids in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about God, about real relationship with him. What would you say to them? I told you so. No, I would say, <laughs> <laughs> I would say um, abandon yourself to God's will. Seek his will. And you'll have a great, great adventure. Not saying it'll be easy, yeah. not, but, it, but it'll make it simple. All right. And Bear, this is the part of the show where you get to give BC Nation um, a homework assignment for this week, a challenge that's going to move them closer to God, grow them in their faith. What well, this is one seem, action step they must take? This seems strange to say, but I, I challenge my men fitness to witness, man. If you're not physically fit, you're not going to be able to fulfill your mission. You're not going to have the energy to fulfill your mission. You're going to die young, and you're and you're not a good witness. So what I'm what I'm what I challenge men to is like as a martial artist, I'm a ninja black belt. I train from the outside in a lot of times. The four cardinal virtues you can build from the outside in instead of from the inside out. So choose the discipline of and fitness of an athlete have a championship eating regimen a championship workout regimen which i don't work out i play but but get physically fit and what will happen is you'll find your soul is is healthy that part of you that that the, in the cardinal virtue area especially justice self-mastery fortitude and prudence that gets healthy and that's a nice uh fortress to build faith, hope, and love inside. So I, I know it seems strange, but get physically fit. Your body is, you know, God is, God's going to resurrect that body. He loves your body. Take care of your body, and, and God will teach you a lot through that process. All right, BC Nation, do you accept Bear's challenge or not? Hmm. Or not? This is your life. You only get one shot, people. All right, BC Nation, did you love this episode? You love my guest, Bear? I mean, come on. Look how much value he brought. He even got vulnerable I, with you. First time you're meeting him, and he got vulnerable. When you like said rocks, I thought, I thought you were talking about my abs when you said rocks. Of course, I was talking about rock-hard abs, Bear. Yeah, of that's, course that's why they call I you was. Rocky. That's what it's about. That's okay. what it's all about. BC Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, go to brokencatholic.com. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to Stitcher Radio and write your five-star review about Bear. Go write that now, would you? Come on, do it. And if I like what you write, I will give you a live shout out on the show like I'm about to do right now for Josh Hill. Handle Josh Hill, who wrote, Thanks, Joseph, a very insightful podcast, Broken Catholic, on the journey of a Christian and how it can be tested. 
I like the fact that Joseph says, if you're not ready yet to take a deep dive in, that's okay. That your faith will be ready and waiting when you are. It's okay mm-hmm. to falter. And we all do once and once we pick ourselves back up, right? So like God understands your human brokenness. He understands it. He took it on. He put on your skin. Remember that. He's not expecting perfection. He's expecting progress, progress and full surrender to his will. All right, people, go write your five-star review. Bear, how does BC Nation get in touch with you if they so choose? Uh, They can go to deepadventure.com or go to our Bear Wozniak Deep Adventure YouTube channel. I just want to say to you guys, surfers fall more than little children. It's okay to fall. Just try to fall forward and not on a rock. All right. Go to deepadventure.com if you want a deep adventure with God, deepadventure.com. Bear Wozniak, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Good to talk with you, Joseph. Ahui ho and aloha. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.